Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in to my first episode of Athlete's Truth. My name is Victoria, and I'm going to be hosting this podcast. I'm super excited for this to start, and it's been something that's been on my mind for a while. And I haven't been able to put myself out there to start this because I've been a little scared and I've been a little frightened about maybe like the backlash or something I'd get from this. But from the news, especially with the Katie Myers passing, it's pushed me to be outspoken. It's pushed me to advocate for something that I truly believe in and that's dear to my heart. So this first episode, I want to dedicate to her. I never met her, but her story just touched me and it feels like I did meet her. And it's so sad and I want to reach my condolences out to her and her family as well. But with this podcast, I want to bring people on. I want to interview people. I want their raw stories. I want to show people that mental health can be spoken about, even if you are a college athlete, a high school athlete, a professional athlete, on all platforms that you can speak, you have a voice, and you're allowed to share that voice with the world and share that voice with your coaches, share that voice with the people around you and not be scared. I want people's stories in these interviews that I give to everyone through this podcast to be raw and be outlets for other people who listen and feel like they don't have a voice, but this person is their voice. This is their push. You know, growing up, I loved the sport of soccer. I didn't know anything about mental health growing up. I wasn't familiar with it. It wasn't a topic really talked about in my family. So throughout elementary school and middle school, I played on club teams, prestigious club teams actually, where a bunch of my teammates now play professionally, even on a national team level. I played on recreation teams, town teams, and I made some of my best friends from this. It was something that I enjoyed doing, and to this day, I still talk to those friends that I made. Then we got to high school. In high school, mental health was talked about a little bit, but not during sports. You heard about it through school, maybe health class, but it was never really talked about. It was stigmatized. I remember going through high school, struggling with my weight. That was huge. I was hiding food. I was worried about where I was going to go to college. Then became people noticing my weight and saying things. And I was so nervous that, you know what, I wasn't going to get recruited. I had that anxiety. I had that stress about being recruited, being the best I can be. Then I was depressed about my weight. I was depressed that, you know what, schools aren't going to recruit me because I'm a bigger girl. I remember finally accepting an offer from a school and I was on cloud nine. I thought this was going to be the best four years of my life because I looked on social media and saw everyone else that I know who went to college living their lives, going out, having their teammates as their best friends, doing things, going traveling with these people. And I was like, you know what? I can't wait to get to college and make my best friends live my life like how I see they're living theirs on social media. But no one told me about the mental health aspects of college and sports, which we'll get to later. But back to high school. After I finally committed, I thought there'd be a weight lifted off my shoulders, but it wasn't. I was so stressed to go away to college, to leave my parents. My parents are my best friends. I didn't know what life was going to be like without them there, without my parents coming to every game if my games were far away. Living outside my house, not having their support. I didn't know what to expect. I finally get to college. Still, I guess a bigger girl. Didn't do well on the fitness test. Maybe saw five to 10 minutes of playing time my whole freshman career at a D1 school. I was so depressed. My parents never came to games because they couldn't feel how awful it was for me to sit on a bench. So I didn't have their support there. They supported me in everything, but it broke their heart to see me on a bench. I remember the girls not liking me and getting bullied by the girls where I couldn't leave my dorm room. And it's sad because I can't tell you what those girls said that were mean or anything because I blocked that whole part out of my life. My soccer season, my freshman year, I can't tell you much from it. I don't really remember. And I think I've decided to cut that piece out of my life and that's why I can't really tell you why or what happened. I remember my parents sitting me down and asking if I wanted to play again. And I wasn't sure. I didn't know if I wanted to go play again or if I just wanted to live my life as a college student and be in a sorority and go out all the time trying to figure out my career 
year. But then we fast forward a year. I end up transferring to a D2 school and I was so nervous. I didn't know what my soccer career had left or what my path was going to be. I remember going to the school and I had tried out my freshman year for this program and I was about 60, 70 pounds heavier. I get to the school to play and everybody's like, wow, you look so skinny. Are you okay? I had lost so much weight. I made some of my best friends at this college that I was at and to this day, I'm still friends with them. But those three years at that school were so hard. I remember the coach telling me that it was my second institution. So it was me, not the coach. I remember feeling like I was never enough and I had to give so much more. And I remember sitting in a room with a bunch of people on the coaching staff and getting accused of something I didn't even say. I remember it tearing the team apart. The team was a great group of girls, but we didn't get along because we were scared about what the coach was going to say when we got brought into meetings. So it tore us apart mentally and no one would speak out about mental health because we were afraid that it would look weak and we wouldn't play. Going to the, the therapy on campus, you didn't see anyone from sports, any sport on campus. People were scared. No one sp- spoke out about it. And that sh- that's not right. That shouldn't be right. We should be able to speak to our coaches about how we're feeling. We should be able to talk to a therapist on campus about how we're feeling and not feel like the therapist will go back and tell the coach and have that fear that the coach will know and not play. It's not fair. I remember feeling like that when I was at this school. I remember going to the therapist and coming to practice and being petrified that the coach was gonna know that I went there and what was gonna happen because I went there. The coach needs to know that it's okay to be depressed. It's okay to have this anxiety. And it's okay if you're diagnosed with something that is mental health related. And my story doesn't end there. My story just gets better. I grew up playing soccer and loving the sport. I went through some hard times in college and that's what I'm here to tell you all about. And that's also why I'm here to get people on here so you can hear their stories. But their stories don't end there. We go on, for example, here I am in a doctorate program for psychology. Hence the reason I'm making this podcast because I need to be the voice for others who feel that they don't have a voice or for others that are scared to voice up. They need to know it's okay. And they need to know that here's a safe space and here's a person that also is going through the same thing they went through or are going through. And with that being said, everyone who's gonna be coming on this podcast all are doing great things now in life and are continuing on. And to continue on with this podcast and with further ado, I'd like to bring on my first speaker and interviewer or interviewee. She's my best friend and her story is crazy and it's probably one of the best stories you'll hear. She's just an amazing person and I'm so happy that she was able to come on, especially for my first episode. So I'd like to introduce you to my best friend and basically a sister to me in my life, Taylor. Hey Taylor, thanks for coming on my podcast today and being my first interviewee. Thank you so much for having me. I'm like super excited to be on this podcast. I'm super excited to be the first person. Yay me. Um, So yeah, I can't wait to get started. So Taylor, obviously you know what this podcast is about and you're a huge advocate just like myself. And we both, a little background for everybody, we both met at at a school together. So we were roommates for a bit. We loved it. We had a great time. But I would love to hear you tell your story and how people now can relate to you and just saying, everything you want to say, what you feel like saying, and if you can give us your side of being a college athlete, a high school athlete, and everything. Yeah, no, 100%. So, I mean, for me, my soccer career started when I was very young, when I was like four years old. And when I was so young, it was so much fun, and everything was just go out, play, have fun. And I always noticed, and like my coaches would always notice, oh, you play at like a higher level, like play higher up, you know, because you'd play in-house. I don't know if anyone knows those terms and stuff, but in-house and play higher, play higher level. So then when it came to middle school, I ended up getting pulled up to the junior varsity team and it was me and my friend at the time and we were so small and so young compared to everybody else and that was when I first started noticing how mentally draining it can especially when you're the young one and everyone's looking down at you to you know be the good because 
you got pulled up. You have to be good. You have to be this. And I remember all of these people, even parents, started rumors about like me and my friend. They're like, oh, she's too small. Oh, it's only just started realizing like how how traumatizing it can be. It's even at a young age. We were only 13 years old. At that no, we were 12 years old. And people were like this already. Um, and then as I noticed, as I got continued to get pulled up, I got pulled up for varsity again, when I was in high school, again, we had different age groups that usually played in varsity. And for us, the age that me and my three other friends were at, we were young when we got pulled up. And again, we had the I faced the same criticism of, oh, she's not good enough. Like, she just got pulled up because of this, this or that. When behind the scenes, we put in all this work, then I actually ended up playing for an MPL team which I loved the girls. The girls were, were the best part of best part of it. I made some of like my best friends there. The bad part about it was the coaching and the coaches. They really did a toll on me mentally. And I know a lot of the girls could probably say the same. I was told really horrible things at some points. Uh, I was told like yeah, I wouldn't get I wasn't gonna make it. I'm not good enough for this. You know, we were competing with our friends for playtime, and that's what a sports team is, but we were made to feel like you were fighting for each other, like fighting over each other. And it's not, you were fighting yourself, really. It's really, you had to fight to be the best you, but it was always like you were chasing someone else constantly. And that mentality kind of really sticks with me even today. Like, I feel like I have to chase other people. And I've been trying to realize, no, you have to chase yourself to be the best you that you want to be and the best you that you can be. So that really kind of, I think that's a big point of where it started to go downhill for me. I know I started getting really anxious all the time I'm every time I played I was anxious the amount of practice I would put in I'd practice seven days a week I we had practice three or four days a week and then we'd have games two games on the weekends and tournaments you're traveling everywhere you know my whole life was soccer and you know, there was no no free time all my friends were soccer players couldn't escape it and I loved it and I was told that you had to love this I was injured a few times I actually got injured in my, well, I got a few concussions and then I got a pretty hard and bad concussion my senior year, which kind of messed up a lot of the recruiting process for me. I was getting looked at by D1s and kind of that all stopped. I ended up getting committed to a D2 where I played with you, Victoria, obviously, you know that. <laughs> um, and that process, like you said before for yourself, it one thing. So once you're committed, it's, you're good, you're good to go, but you don't realize how hard it can be. You to keep your playing time you have to get ready for preseason which you're told is horror you get told horror stories that's everyone's preseason pretty much like you have to make it you have to be this you have to be the best you have to beat these times and that everyday mentality on yourself is so draining and I was already coming in with a host of health issues I had just gotten diagnosed with a stomach condition so I was really sick a lot of the times and I was freaking out that I wasn't going to pass these tests so that was always on my mind mentally then when preseason finally came and it was time to actually show my worth and show and prove who I am I got injured the second day and I needed surgery and that was one of the biggest like slap in the face to me because it was like I worked so hard my whole life this was the dream to play in college and then play pro and now the second day of preseason I'm injured and I ended up trying to play and continue to play a little bit, but a lot was going on with coaching and with teammates as well. So that was really, really hard. I ended up getting the surgery. Again, that was a long process of kind of going back and forth with the coaching staff. And again, that was a lot on me mentally now. You know, I'm having this, I feel this huge pressure all the time that I need to perform and I need to be the best. And I just wasted my time preparing for this moment that I wasn't going to even get now.
So after the surgery, kind of a lot went downhill. I felt really isolated from the team. You know, everyone was like, if we go out, we go out as a team. And then I was told I can't do these certain things because of my injury, which I couldn't prevent. But because of these inju- the injury, I couldn't prevent. And it felt like I felt very isolated. I felt very far away from all my friends. And I felt very far away from the people who I lived with. You know, I felt so disconnected because the only thing that I had in common with these people was soccer, you know, and that was my whole life. And now I don't really have that. I'm kind of just on the outside. Uh, something happened, a very big nose uh, event happened, and I kind of lost everything. I went, it was really bad. I went downhill. I ended up moving back home. I had a lot going on with the coaching staff. All I have to say is I don't think the university or the coaching staff handled it very well. I don't think they were prepared for it. And I, I don't think they handled it well and they know they didn't handle it well. So that kind of was, was hard to deal with. You know, now I have this mental portion where I was at the lowest point of my life. I lost all my friends. I pretty much wasn't coming back onto campus. I wasn't living there anymore. I ended up quitting the soccer team, which was the hardest part and hardest thing I probably ever had to do in my life at that point. And that sounds dramatic, but for some like the quote, eat breathe and whatever they say that is quote that you everyone knows you know what I'm talking about you play sports you know what I'm talking about like eat breathe sleep soccer eh. like that was me you know what I'm saying and losing soccer was losing who I was and I realized as soon as I lost it my identity was gone like I just felt like my identity and who I was was gone and I was already at a low point so it's like what is what's the quote like beating a dead horse or something like, I felt like it just everything was getting building up and I had already hit the lowest point of my life. And yeah, that was kind of, that's kind of my story of how I got to where I am now. And I know you want to talk about that as well. So we can, I guess, backtrack a little bit. So a good thing Taylor and I got to experience with each other, because we only played with each other for, I believe, one game. We actually joined a, a club team through our college. We were able to play one game with each other, which was pretty fun. It was a tournament. There, Taylor almost left all the games because she was so relaxed and stress-free <laughs> she almost missed all the games but on on a brighter note from this experience Taylor that you just shared with us and thank you for being so brave to share all this with us with my first podcast like it was great can you just tell us now like where you are in life and how you've grown from your experiences yeah 100 percent. so where I am now is not where I thought I would be in my path and in my life I truly believe that I will or continue playing. And now I don't even play soccer. Sometimes I'll play for fun. But I really found that my purpose wasn't in soccer and wasn't in sports. And I think for me, like an important thing for people, like the lesson if I want to say anything to people or I wanted to share with people would be, yes, sports are amazing and they're there to help you through your life, but they're not everything. At the end of the day, every athlete will retire. You know, you have Alex Morgan, amazing soccer player. Abby Wambach, amazing soccer player. Abby Wambach retired already, but all these players will retire. You know, it's not your entire life. No career is your entire life. So you have lives outside of it. And I wish I did that during my soccer career. I didn't. But as soon as I quit, and I, like I said, I lost everything and know who I was. And obviously, I still had you as a friend, which was amazing. And trying to figure out my life from there was difficult but I actually ended up getting a job at my campus farm which was super amazing and I you know I got that for fun I was like this is it but I ended up loving it and most of my life but helping other people other beings I loved that so from that I started to develop who I was 
And today, like who I am today, right now I have my own podcast as well, where I talk about the environment. I am actually writing a children's book as well. I also am on my camp, like I'm still in college for anyone who doesn't know I have my math and a master's program of environmental science and policy and at my university I actually work as a sexual assault peer educator and mentor from that I think I kind of think it has to do with as well like mental health and because we do a lot of mental health training but we do a lot of mental health training as well for situations and how to deal with it ourselves and how to deal with self-care and I think another portion of mental health and athletes and not being able to say how we feel about things is also oftentimes sexual assault gets pushed to the side when it comes to athletes as well, when it comes to anyone, but especially athletes too, it kind of often gets pushed to the side. You know, you have to be tough, you have to be this. And there's that stigma that you have to be at the top all the time, even when things are going wrong. It is important to look at all those different aspects of how mental health can be impacted from sport, from outside life and not being able to talk about it because the stigma of athletes is be tough all the time. Yeah, right now, I feel like, again, like I said, I didn't think I would be at this point. Like, I didn't think right now I'd be where I am. I thought I would be playing soccer. And here I am doing everything but soccer and sports. And I love it. And I love so much. I'm at such a better place mentally because I have friends and people who I surrounded myself with who have values outside of something that was so toxic. Well, thanks for sharing your story, Taylor. I appreciate it. And thanks for sharing your side of the mental health, I guess, struggles that athletes struggle with every day and daily. And thanks for being so brave to share your story. For anyone out there listening, Taylor's a huge advocate and Taylor's the nice person ever. So if you ever need a friend or if you ever need someone to reach out to, feel free to reach out to Taylor. Or if you feel like this like story next to you, reach out and we can get you in contact with her so you can have someone to talk to and be your mentor, like how she is with everybody else and in her fire program. Thanks, Taylor. Oh, stop it, you. Thank you for having me. And I, again, like Victoria said, if anyone wants to reach out or if you feel like this story resonated with you, definitely feel free to chat. Thanks for having me.